Here we are. Lisa just had knee surgery Wednesday, and look at her. Thank you, thank you. Playing with pain. That's right. Oh, it's, yeah. it's really good. It's How was the bad. surgery? How was it? Well, other than the videos that Lee Beth took of me while I was under the influence of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say you didn't do it. <laughs> no, you took a couple photos I did. too. Yeah. And they ended up on our little family text. But that was good. No, it feels a lot better. Yeah. Well, we're, we're here to talk about love, and we're here to talk about fighting, and we're also here to talk about winning. I do want to welcome all of our different environments here uh, at, at Fellowship Church, one church in many, many different locations. I know today we're doing a marriage seminar after every one of our services whether you attend on Saturday, whether you are there on Sunday, we have a marriage seminar for you. It's really on not just marriage, but relationships, and it'll be uh, led by Dr. Jonathan Coode. So we're gonna kind of open up talking about this, this thing called love and, and, and see where it goes, Lisa. So That's right, and I'm just gonna seat. take a seat. The reason that uh, it's important for us to look carefully at relationships is because marriages start with that love relationship. It starts with us meeting someone, getting to know someone, and then deciding that, wow, this could be the one. And so as we unpack this, we want to look carefully at what that love fight win looks like. Yeah, because we have a lot of people here, and, and most of us will get married one day, as, as you've heard me say, and stats would prove that, but so many of us are in search of this whole thing called love. And, and sadly, in our culture, I don't think we really have any handles, great handles, we have some handles, but we don't have great handles on what love is about. The church is the only entity, the only institution that talks about real love. It, 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 I mean, the church is it. You're not gonna find it reading some self-help book You'll find some hints or whatever, but not the real deal. You're not going to find it in the corporate world. You know, Hollywood's not going to definitely not tell us about it, the, the, the real deal about it. You're not going to find it, you know, on a, on a soccer field or whatever. It's going to take place when we, we acquiesce to the Lord, when we understand that God is the source of our love, and he has a course for our love to travel. And the church simply just highlights and underscores those transcendent values that God has given us. So, so really this whole thing about romance, and that's where we're kind of going, is, is founded on God. That's right. And when you have the context of God in the equation, you have the perfect uh, setup to understand what love is all about. I don't know if you watched the World Series this past Anybody week. watch the World Anybody Series? Anybody watch the World Series? Let me brag because now, well, before, wait a minute, can I brag? I want to yeah, brag real quick. In just quick. a second, I, wanna okay. get, I will give context to okay. your bragging so that you'll know even more how special it is about what you're about to say. But Ed and I are those people that watch baseball when it gets to the World Series. So for all of those of you who, in all of our locations, who are baseball fans, fanatics, and you've watched from April on, I'm happy for you. But Ed and I, we start watching 
baseball at the very end. October is the month for us, so go ahead. Yes, well, obviously the Astros won, and everyone, of course, is excited about that, especially those of us who were in Texas. Years ago, I was the chaplain, in fact, for two years, for the Houston Astros. Yes. And what's so funny about that is, hashtag humbled, What's so funny about that is, I don't know that much about baseball, but I would do all of these uh, messages and Bible studies for all of these superstars. I didn't even really know or really, I didn't really care about who I was uh, 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 teaching. And my friends were like, man, do you know who that is? Wow, you talked to so-and-so. I'm like, you know, now if it had been another sport, I'd have gotten excited. So, but don't anyway. you th don't you think? I, I'm not sure who the chaplain for the Houston Astros is now, but no. I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of the foundation for this World Series was set. Back, oh yeah, back in 1986. Exactly. I'm just thinking. You look back. I'm, I'm telling you, in the 80s, that was the year. The spiritual foundation and maturity <laughs> just launched the Astros to where they are today. Thank yeah. you, Lisa. Yes, I'm, I'm sure. That is but so so amazing. But 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 the Astros. They won and, and they acted and they're acting like winners. Oh my goodness, they you know, took the shot of the, of the locker room and, and all the people jumping up and down. And if you watch the last play, um, which was the out that made them the World Series champions, you can just see the first baseman as he's about to catch the ball and he's having to so focus on catching the ball because that out is it. And at that moment, they're mm -hmm. becoming winners. And they have won the World Series. And, it, and just the, the jumping, the dancing, the hoopla, yeah, all I mean, of the that. The champagne the in the locker room, the charter flight back to Houston, yeah. parades. the parades and all of that. Obviously, they're acting like winners. And when Lisa and I were talking about the World Series a little bit and then preparing for this talk, it was like we were going, isn't it crazy that those of us who know the Lord don't act like winners. We, we don't act like winners in life. Many times we don't act like winners in our marriage. We behave like defeatists, as if we're defeated. And we're not. As followers of Christ, those who, of us who have a love relationship with God, we've already, already experienced victory. We are winners. But... Yeah, but I mean, there again, Lisa, can you imagine the Astros acting like losers? Yes, as Wouldn't if they were Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, here they're winners, but they're acting like losers. So in Christianity, we win, yet yes. so often we are so defensive and we're just acting like losers all the time. And in our relationships especially, whether it's a friendship, a dating relationship, or in marriage, we see a lot of marriages that look more like loser marriages than winner marriages. And that often is by choice. It's a behavior that's made by choice. Yes, it is, and, and that's why too, in the whole dating process, you, you need to really have the discernment and the wisdom, obviously, to date the right person, and you have to be able to see if they have that attitude. If, mm -hmm. if they really understand the concept that we've talked about regularly here, that. As Christ followers, we're not trying to secure a win. We, we are winners, thus we should live and act, and especially as this plays out on the marital field. Yes, <laughs> so the first thing, we wanna just give you three different things that um, you can 
take home, if you will, that you can apply to your relationships, to your uh, friendships, dating relationships, and your marriages, um, is how to be a winner. And the first thing is to love like a winner. Well, there are different types of love mentioned in Scripture. And, and you've, you've probably heard this. Uh, there, there's been a campaign out there. It's kind of an old school thing. Love wins. And it sounds so sexy, so cool. But you have to say, what is love? And define love. You know, what, what does it mean to win? What does that look like? Well, the, the, the Bible, Scripture breaks it down. Because again, God is the source of love. And he's given us the course of love, which is marriage. And marriage is the main entity where spiritual maturity is played out. It's in marriage. Marriage also is the only human relationship that's illustrative of God's relationship with his people. So, so this thing is, is massive. So love in the Bible, you, you can really talk about three different types of love. The first kind of love would be this covenant love. It would be known as agape love unconditional love. And if you're taking notes, you might want to write uh, a cool, just write cool by, beside that. By now, agape. By agape. And it's you cool. spell agape, A-G-A-P-E. Yeah, agape, agape, agape. agape. I'm, I'm a school teacher by trade. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the covenant, that's the unconditional love, obviously, that God has for you and me, reflected, it should be reflected, in a gospel-centered marriage. And then from there, you have Eros, you get the word erotic from that. And, and we, we hear a lot about eros, erotic. That's the passion. That's the heat. That's the testosterone and the estrogen. And, and, and you have to have that in a healthy relationship. So you've got agape. You've got eros. You've got phileo. Phileo. Like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Phileo is going to be more, it's going to be more kind of the friendship Factor. I would say that's warm. By, by, by phileo, write warm. And then obviously by eros, you can write hot. So those are the different temperatures that should be in a marriage. Now, they should be in a, in a dating relationship as well. But let me say this, and I don't want to rain on anybody's sexual parade, but let me just say, the Bible says from cover to cover, from cover to cover, that sex is reserved for the marriage bed. It's like a fire. Fire is, works really well when fire's in the fireplace. But if fire, uh, uh, if you just start lighting fires everywhere, yeah, yeah, it'll burn the house down. And we've seen, have we not, especially with what's breaking loose in Hollywood, it's so, it's so sad, you see what the fire can do. You can see where Eros can take you outside the context of marriage, outside that fireplace. That's right. So we start out with that love. And it says in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love. He's the source of our love, and he sets the course for our love, whether it is a agape love, the love that he has for his people, or whether it's phileo love, that, that brotherly love or sisterly love and friendship, or whether it's the eros love, which is that hot, romantic, fiery love between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. But really, marriage, though, Lisa, would, would be more about the, the warm love and the cool love. It's not going to be based on the hot eros love. It's not. You, you, you have seasons, eros, eros um, ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. You have to have eros. You have to have that spark. But, but that's, 
that's not going to last. I mean, it, it can last in a marriage. If, if, if Eros is the deal, I think a, a marriage will last maybe 24 months. But yeah. after that, you know, you're So in, you're if in we trouble. love like a winner, we're going to look to God for the definition of love. And then we're going to learn from the lessons that God gives us in his love. And one of those lessons is unconditional love. When we realize the unconditional love of God that he has for us, then we're able to look at our spouse or that person that we're dating with an unconditional love. It's, it's that love that comes down from God and then goes out from us. And so our relationship with our spouse is not based on, oh, well, if they show me 50% love, I'll love them back 50% and then we have 100% together. No, they, they don't have to offer anything. We give 100% unconditional love. That's part of the math of marriage. Another lesson that we learn is the forgiving love. That Jesus forgave us, and in light of what God has done for us, it's the Ephesians 4.32 principle, um, Quote, you, we, we should know this backwards and forwards, Ephesians 4.32. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God, as God through Christ, Christ has, has forgiven, forgiven us. Yes, Ephesians 4.32. That verse was given to Ed and I at our wedding, and it's one that we have lived by because in light of the love that God has given us, that forgiving love, we can in turn forgive our spouse. But you know what's so funny about that verse? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You know, we put that on coffee mugs, or, or maybe you, you, you have this, you know, someone who's really good with calligraphy, and they do a little thing for you. It's like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so nice. I think nice. they call it hand lettering now. Hand lettering. Yeah. It's the so, so the deal is, that is, that is a, 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 a verse of conflict. That's a verse of the fight. In Ephesians 5, when, when it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, where it talks about the responsibility of the, the wife to the husband, the husband to the wife, those are, are, are words of conflict, words of battle. Yes, they're sweet. Yes, they're full of emotion. But I, I think so many times we, we think it's just defensive and we think it's just sweet and syrupy, but in reality, Lisa, you have to fight you to be to kind. Fight. You have you to have fight. You have to fight to win. For all of that. Yes. That's right. The third lesson that we learn from uh, God's love is the leading love. God loves you and I enough to take us somewhere in our relationship. He accepts us where we are, but he loves us enough to want us to go further in our walk with him. When we have that type of love operating in our marriage, we're gonna want our marriage to be better today than it was yesterday. And it'll be better tomorrow than it was today. It's that love that leads us into the future to be better and better together. Yes, and as you, as you think about marriage, marriage simply is, is a reflection of the gospel. The gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In a marriage, there should be a death, burial, and resurrection. Think about that. We should die and bury self, pride, envy, greed, etc. And we, we have this resurrection of a new life. And, and this oneness that Genesis 2.24 talks about in other places the Bible mentions it, oneness becoming one, 
that is, that is very, very, very difficult. So many times you'll go to a wedding, for example, and, and people don't realize just the symbolism of a wedding. I yeah. mean, the, the, the wedding is, is full of symbolism. Like you have the aisle in most churches or chapels where people get married, they, they walk the aisle. That's a symbol of the death march, the death walk of a covenant. Bet you didn't think about that when you were getting no. married. Uh, so again, death, burial, and resurrection. You got the wedding dress. That symbolizes the purity and the holiness of God. Jesus died, rose again. His resurrection was because of his holiness, his, his righteousness. You, you think about the exchanging of rings. That's the resources. I've talked to too many couples who say, yeah, 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 well, I have my money, and she has, she has her money. Now, quite frankly, that's stupid because it really is because there's oneness there. There's oneness sexually. I mean, you're not, you're not doing sex that way. There's oneness emotionally. You're not doing emotion that way. So it's gotta be, there's gotta be oneness financially as well. But the exchanging of rings is about the whole resource thing. And then the unity candle to becoming one and that becoming part is difficult, is it not? The pronouncement, having pleasure, faith, and love to each other, having sealed your Solomon's significant vows by giving and receiving these rings, acting by the authority vested in me by the state of Texas, and looking at heaven for thine sanction. I now pronounce you husband and wife, the presence of God and these assembled witnesses. What God has joined together, let no man separate. I present to you for the very first time, Mr. and Mrs. Edwin Barry Young. What are we doing? That was so sincere. You've got, <laughs> you've got a new name that you're taking. So, so marriage. Is a, is, a, is a major step. And Lisa, what's so funny is, what's not funny, it's sad. We were talking as we were preparing for this talk that, that, that marriage is kind of on the outs. I mean, ma marriage used to be hot, now it's mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. and, and you were throwing There's some, some, in some statistics. In the past 50 years, living together, the percentage has increased 900% in the past 50 years. Is that years. unbelievable? So, so that's why I'm so excited for a church like Fellowship that talks so openly and honestly, yeah. and biblically, I, I, I about actually, marriage. I, I love it. I actually it. have some opinions. I know that's okay. hard to believe, but no. I have some opinions about the trend for living together. One trend, I think, that trend I think is due to the number of divorces. A lot of children are being raised uh, in split homes and we, we know that divorce happens. It's not the unpardonable sin. It, it, it's just something we deal with in society and there are biblical grounds for divorce, but yet there are biblical grounds for divorce and then there's divorce that's convenient. And often couples throw in the towel versus staying in the game of marriage because it just seems easier. Now, now let, me, let me throw this in. I would say in most Christian marriages, most of them, generally speaking, my attorney's here, generally speaking. See, I can't get too specific. That's funny, isn't it? Generally speaking, divorce is the wrong call. There are some exceptions, obviously, and the Bible talks about this. I'm not talking about the exceptions. We're not talking about that now. But generally speaking, when it comes to Christian marriages throwing in the towel, mm -hmm. most should not because because however high that price tag is, no matter what, it's, 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 it's always higher 
when you divorce. divorce. Absolutely. And so you have children that are growing up seeing yeah. a relationship modeled that has failed. And they don't want to be failures. They want to be winners. We all want to be winners. We want to be the Astros. We want to be that team that takes home the pennant. And so they say, you know what? It's just not worth it. Um, other opinion that I have is that people, like you just said, they're not willing to work. And it's, it's a laziness factor. And so why should we go to the trouble of being married when we can just live together, play house, you know, take care of each other as long as it's convenient, and then if it's inconvenient, we can step away. God has so much more for us. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than that, but we have to look at what the love of God, the context of the love of God in our relationship. And that brings us to seeing marriage the way God sees marriage, which is, you know, for our perfection. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. It is something that refines us. I am a better individual because of Ed. Ed is a better individual because That's the of truth. me. <laughs> and both of us are self-centered sinners. And yet we're still better because of each other. Why? Because our sins are covered by Christ. Our relationship has been solidified by Christ. And as we grow closer to God through Christ, we grow closer to each other. I'm just gonna tell you, for those of you dating, you're, look, you're, you're single, you're looking for a relationship, or maybe you're in a relationship. And whether it's online, because most dating now is I mean, online, yeah, the, yeah, a lot of it. You have to find that person who has said yes to Jesus that they are being refined individually by Christ so that when you come together, together you're going to be refined so that that person will make you a better person. Ed and I have been married for 35-ish yeah. years. 35 I Lisa, you know what? I don't, I don't, people, people have said before we're experts. I don't, I don't think we're experts, although... Although we've written a lot of books about marriage, we've been married 35 years, now we're grandparents. Um, I think we know a good bit. We've, well, we've, a, we've a lived for the Lord, but I wouldn't say experts. I, no. I, I would say we're, we're I, still learning. We better be. I mean, we, but I you do, know what I'm saying? I mean, but none we of do us want has to pass arrived. On, but we do want to pass on the knowledge that, that we have gained in our lives which, I just, all I was going to say is 35 years in, we're so much better off than we were oh, in year yes. one. That's in year what I was one, saying, Lisa. we thought we had arrived. In yeah. year 35, we know we haven't arrived. Oh my gosh. And we're still improving and, and moving toward that prize, you know, the goal. And, and, but I'm here to tell you in 35 years, the sweetness of marriage, even through some bumpy, rocky, uh, what do you call, uh, the, what are, potholes. Yeah, potholes. I was like, pit stops? No, that's not what it is. <laughs> but <laughs> potholes, she still has the, the anesthesia excuse. <laughs> I had that for like a month and I didn't know they were going to put her all the way out. They put her all the way out. It wasn't like, like that twilight stuff. You really stuff. have to put her all the way out. She's supposed to speak this weekend. And yeah, he tried yeah. to talk the doctor out of it. But, so Lisa, so, so you would say, what does that look like in dating then? So you said you've got to find, ah, I like that. What well, you you've got, your, you got, your major uh, 
connection with the, an, the person of the opposite sex needs to be their relationship with Christ. Then get all the, you know, chemistry going and that, but set chemistry aside unless there is the relationship with Christ. Because one thing that 35 years will tell you is that things change physically. We get older and yeah, I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> it just changes. So, you know, the wrinkles come. <laughs> the wrinkles come. The gray hair comes. But I've added some. The bad knee. <laughs> the bad knees. Didn't you know, that help? Bad, the bad knee, whatever. I mean, you get yeah. older. So if everything in your relationship is based on eros, that physical, mm -hmm. you're going to be disappointed. But, but Lisa, I would say this, though. I might, I might correct you on, on I'll oh, give you my opinion. He never okay. corrects me. No, no, I'm saying. As a guy, you're not, let's say you're a single guy, you're not going to look at a girl and go, oh, wow, where is she spiritually? That's not going to be the first thing <laughs> that you think. But that's because it's going you, to be. It's that's going because to guys be, are known uh, no, to have things to be out of order. Like, it, guys are known to have things out of order. They should no, be. No, no, no. I'm saying a Christian guy is going to go, whoa, whoop, whoop, you know, wow. Okay. Then after a, after you see and are attracted to her, then you know you you but can you've tell. But you've got to be smart enough. Yeah. To go, whoa. Not whoa, like whoa, that's, that's right. a hot girl. Whoa, I just to that's clear a that hot up. girl who doesn't have her life together. Whoa, that's a hot guy who doesn't have his life together. That's and you right. Yeah, that's back. what I'm saying. Because yeah, you're right. You're right. If you don't say whoa, you're gonna get whopped in the head yeah. with pain. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna get hurt. You're not gonna go where you need to go. Relationally. No, no, you're not. But I'm, I'm saying to you, I you have to be attracted I first. I, I know. I know. I mean, when, when. I mean, when I first saw you, and when I didn't I first think, saw you. I mean, the first thing I thought was not, where is she spiritually? But we, I met, mean, in, I knew, but we met in church. I know, I see, again, I knew Sunday though school. it was in the right context because yes. it was in church. And two, some singles, Lisa, when they, whatever you call it, date, talk, text, whatever, some are like, I'm not sure if this person is a believer. I'm not sure if they're really genuine. I'm, I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit of God will reveal yeah. to you rapidly where they are. If you have to guess or wonder or like, I'm not sure, then that, that, that person is not for you because life is too short to be connected with the, 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 the wrong person. That's right. It is, that, that's why we're doing this seminar. And we're doing this seminar too because once you're, you're in marriage, then that is, is the true context of where all of these different types of love can reach their, their ultimate. That's right. 
So those are some lessons from love. So we wanna love like a winner. We wanna live like a winner. Philippians 3, 14 through 16 says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Live like a, a winner. winner. That's what we were mentioning earlier. Don't expect too little from your relationships. Yes. Expect victory in your relationships. Don't just have the status quo. Have people looking at the way you live your life with your spouse in your marriage and going, wow, I want to have what they have. The greatest compliment that Ed and I have ever received is when we were I guess it was around our 30-year mark of marriage, and we were um, working out, and we stopped and walked into a shop, and the girl was um, said, hey, you know, how are y'all doing? We got to talking to her, and she said, so what are y'all up to? And we said, well, we're here for our anniversary, and oh, really? So how long have you been married? 30 years. Really? And you like each other? I mean, that was the response. And, and I think it's because of expectations. People's expectations are so low, and the greatest compliment any of us can ever have is that people look at our relationship and think, wow, that's what I want. I want a marriage like that. Again, there have been potholes and roadblocks and all types of- And conflict. Co uh, conflicts, which next time we're gonna talk about fighting like a winner. And we're gonna talk about something that we've never talked about in relationships. And again, we've lectured about this in a lot of different places and written about it. But we're gonna talk about the top three conflicts specifically that Lisa and I have had during our 35 years of marriage. So it's, and it's amazingly, they tend to be reoccurring. Yep, they That's do. That's next week. That's right. So we love like a winner, we live like a winner, and we work like a winner. The first time I ever won anything, I was 10 years old. My family went to a garden center and they had a little contest and you could write your name and drop it in a little bucket and they were gonna draw a name to see who would win something very exciting, a potted plant. A chevaleria, I think is what it was called. Mm. Well, I won. My name was drawn and I was so excited. I thought, I won, I won. I mean, you know, it was just a potted plant and it didn't live very long, but I did win it. It was sweet. But there's nothing like winning something that you've worked hard for. The Astros, they worked hard. You know, various teams, mm -hmm. they work hard. They've put in time and energy, and it means so much more when you win because you've worked really hard. God has already said you are victorious in your relationship. He set us up for winning. Just look back in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, they he, were set up for winning. He set us up to yes. win. He set us up to win. He's given us the church to come alongside of us in our relationship. He's given us um, our small groups that we can do life with. He's given us every opportunity to win, but we've got to do our part too. We've got to jump in and work. We've got to be willing to go after that date night. We've got to put the marriage at a top priority above the children. Let and we have to have conflict. Again, above the children. We've got to work through conflict. Yes. I just had this knee surgery. Do you know there's never a convenient time to have surgery? Ever. Ooh. Never. But you no. can either live in pain or you can 
say, you know what, I've got to set aside time and, do, and deal with this. Too often in our relationships, we just live in pain and say, oh, well, one day, maybe one day, oh, I'll just put it off. No, now is the time. Do the work, deal with it, because God wants your relationships, your marriage, our marriage to be victorious. He set us up to win. And Lisa, one of the things that, that we've learned over the years, obviously most marital conflict is reoccurring conflict, but, but one of the things we've learned is to fight, and we don't always follow the, the rules we should, but most of the time we do. When we don't, things can get... There know, are rules. Yeah, the rules to fighting. And we're going to... marital warfare. Discuss that, marital warfare, yeah. Yes. And you don't want to break the rules. That's you know, right. If the Astros, to continue to wear out this metaphor, hadn't played by the rules, they would not have won the World Series. So we have to play... What if you had, by, what yeah. if you had the red flag in football that you could throw down after the a challenge. play? The challenge. The challenge. In marriage. Next week, we might have challenges. Okay. Yep. Might just do it. And then we can review the play and see if the call was right. And what's... And what's up? I like that idea. What's so scary about marriage? You know, one of my friends... Um, has lived with this girl for six years. And recently we've been spending some time together and I've been coaching him and telling him just about, you know, what scripture says regarding marriage. And he's a, he's a great guy and, and I've met his, his girlfriend. She's a you know, really, really sweet girl. But as you said earlier, Lisa, you can just see the fear because right now he has the best of both worlds, he thinks. Free sex, with no real strings attached, you know? And if you think about it, that fire is for the fireplace. He's afraid of the heat. I mean, he, he, he's afraid to really be in this thing like I'm in this thing for life and probably he's afraid of, of work. He's afraid of, I think, what true love is all about. And he might even be afraid of winning. Have you ever thought about that before? I think most of the time it's because they just don't know how great God's plan is. Yes. He doesn't know. And we need the information about what marriage is because then God, of yeah. course, through the Holy Spirit, gives us the application yeah. about what marriage can be and how to do this thing right. Yeah. That's true. I'm looking forward to next week. Penalty flags. So, so to, to, to wrap <laughs> this up. I'm not letting that go. To wrap this up. Hey, I wore the short socks. I'm going to try to start a new style. You know, they always tell you to wear the long socks, especially when you're doing any kind of interview or any kind of business meeting or whatever. But I decided to break the fashion rules. I went with the short sock look. I've noticed sometimes you go without socks. I know, I do. I do, but mm -hmm. it's but embarrassing. But you have very cute, cute little legs. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> cute little legs, kind of like a martini glass, little martini legs. Okay. Guys are funny when we got older. You know, they have the kind of the big upper bodies and those little martini legs, you know, running around. It's funny. Flamingo legs. Flamingo legs. But uh, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. That, that marriage, though, is a covenant within the covenant. We're, we're people of covenant, 
as we talked about in Candyland, God established that covenant. Go back to the book of Genesis. So within the covenant, generally, specifically, we're in covenant with our spouse. So you have the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So when a Christian marriage doesn't work, someone, Lisa, has really forgot to obey the gospel. So what we're talking about here, Hmm. the guts of this talk is the gospel. That's what love is all about. Jesus won our salvation, correct? He's a victor. And because he's a victor, we are victors as well. We're winners as well. So let's talk like it. Let's act like it. Let's get involved in our devotions this week that are online on our app, which will underscore and highlight these values. Let's go to these seminars that, that, that Dr. Kuz is gonna do for us. And I'm telling you, I don't care if you've been married three and a half years or 35 years, great things will occur yeah. in all of our lives. Good. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for fellowship. I thank you for your word that's so open and so direct. I thank you for this opportunity that we have to share. I thank you for my wife of 35 years of of just what she means to me, to our family, to so many people. I thank you for her, her gifts and abilities, her grace, her nature, and just um, for, for what you've done in our lives. And we thank you. And I pray for every marriage here, whether there, there are some frosty feelings going on, whether there's a marriage hanging from just a, a, a string, whether a marriage is strong, whether there's someone here and you're thinking about marrying someone or maybe you're not even in the dating scene, I pray for these relationships as we go deeper and do life together. We ask all these things in Christ's name.